You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. like the toughest time to record a podcast ever ever (laughs) tuesday november 30th just baseball show jack mcmullen peter apple we just finished recording the interview you're gonna hear with ryan finkelstein host of locked on mets and a writer for just baseball you're gonna hear that we dive into the mets because obviously max scherzer just signed three years 130 million dollars we literally just let ryan off the zoom we're gonna record a quick intro and outro and then Pete has the excellent idea of saying, wait, why don't we check Twitter first to see if anything happened? And Peter? Immediately, Robbie Ray just signed with the Seattle Mariners. Five years, $115 million. And I remember I was getting all this flack on TikTok. You know, why are you giving out five years, 100 Five years, 100 Because Not everybody is. All these pitchers are getting them, people. It's the same deal. I think they're all valued very equally. The Rays, the Gosmans. I mean, Kevin Gosman is a Blue Jay. I had him going for five years, 100 million. He signs five years, 110 million. That's what they were valued at. That's what I was hearing. And Kevin Gosman just felt like such a Blue Jay. But Robbie Ray is a Mariner? That's weird. Seattle, stand up. That's (laughs) sick. That's so crazy. I mean, dude. Like that rotation, I'm just thinking like this gluttony of arms that they're going to have. I mean, you know, maybe Lexin not 2022. Let's look Lexin at is good. Yeah. Okay. So let's look at 2023 right now, year after, because the window opens this year. They were a year premature when they were a game away from going to the postseason. 2022, it opens. And now you've got the reigning AL Cy Young Award winner here and a strikeout machine. Walk machine when he's off, but strikeout machine when he was on which is the entirety of 2021. 2023, possible rotation for Seattle includes Robbie Ray, Chris Flexen. How about Logan Gilbert? How about Emerson Hancock? How about George Kirby? Keep on going. Matt Brash is available in there too. Isaiah Campbell is available in there too. This is crazy. And even if Justice Sheffield can work out or... No, that's kind of it. <laughs> no, but still, I mean, this is a good, This they have so much young talent. And and we've said this before, Julio Rodriguez is a super corner star. outfit, is my f- favorite prospect in all of baseball over Bobby Wood Jr., over Adley Rutschman. I think he has the best bat of anybody in baseball, in the minor leagues, of course. Aram even tweeted it out. 
he has very similar statistics to Wander Franco. And then you even add someone like, they still have Jared Kelnick, and he wasn't that great in 2021, but he has so much talent. This team is good, dude. And we're hearing the Rangers, you know, obviously the Rangers just gave Marcus Semien a bag. They're in on Seager. It's funny, the Astros, they're going to lose out on Correa. It's getting spicy in here, dude. It's getting spicy. The stove is literally on fire. I mean, my fire alarm is going off right now. I have to stop recording because I have to evacuate my home because the stove filled my home with gas because it's on fire. God. Good one there. That was a good one. I, I, made a, I made a hot stove reference last night, too. I, I said I was running on fuel. You are recording like free agency pods within 12 hours. I mean, it was 1 a.m. Now it's whatever time yeah. it is right now. I can't even tell. You know, full transparency here. Like I need eight hours of sleep. Like I love, you know, like a person hours, right? Um, Without that, I can't really function. So I'm on like a cool five right now. Um, So I'm still a little bit dazed. I'm going to go get a coffee after we're done recording here. Um, Here's what I want to do because Arm and I just went over the wild frenzy that we saw on Sunday on yesterday's episode. So my thoughts are out there already. I'll jump in where I see fit, but I'm presenting you this blank canvas and I just want your stream of consciousness on what the hell has gone on over the last 36 hours. It just, wait, rephrase. Like, what are we talking about? We're talking about each individual player, just like how it's been. I mean, this has been just the wildest 24 hours for me. Not only, I mean, just me personally, just doing the NFL, but seeing every single second on Twitter, New team, new team, new player. It's just, it's a revolving door of hot stove information. So here's what I'm saying. I might say like 10 words in the next like five minutes here. I just, I'm going to give you a jump off point and I want you to just go stream of consciousness. Like I'll, I'll kick you off with Marcus Simeon. And if your mind goes to Kevin Gosman, take your mind to Kevin Gosman. And then from there, if it goes to Buxton, go there. Like I just want Peter Apple's thoughts on what the fuck is going on in Major League Baseball? Yeah, I'm right. not even going to talk numbers. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna vent. Yeah, Marcus okay. Semien, seven years, one seventy-five. When I saw that number, I felt, whoa, that's too much. It's too much, but because he's going to be signing with age thirty-eight season. But Marcus Semien is also a guy that, if you're looking at thirty-two-year-olds to, to sign, he might be one of those dudes that you want. And I was saying the same thing about Max Scherzer. When I got some comments under my Twitter saying, I don't know why the Mets think this is a good deal at, the, at age 37. But I said to myself, if you're going to give any pitcher that amount of money at age 37, why wouldn't you give it to Max Scherzer? The Robbie Ray signing. I personally wouldn't invest in Robbie Ray right now. Me either. It, but everything felt like a lot. And oh, let's just keep going. Sandy Alcantara, five years for 56 million. Steal. And I was also thinking Jose Barrios signed to seven years, 131 million and Sandy Alcantara, five years, 56. Where is the difference in those two pitchers? Uh, Not having control of Barrios, having control of Alcantara. I guess that's fair. They're bypassing arbitration with Alcantara. So he's naturally going to be cheaper. I guess, but that much cheaper? Yes. That much cheaper, huh? They're they're bypassing two years of the open market with this contract. Maybe I'm just so in love with Sandy Alcantara that when I saw that number, I thought, 
that's way too low. The the difference here is um, Alcantara you get for two additional years to his team control if they did nothing with him. With Barrios, you're getting six additional years. So six years off the open market versus two years off the open market is a $70 million difference. I guess. But do you think, all right, let's just, it is really? Yeah. Doesn't seem like it to me. It is. <laughs> Agree to disagree. It doesn't feel like it. I mean, you told me to go off feel. I'm going off feel. It doesn't okay, feel you, like it. I'm me. shutting up. I'm shutting up. <laughs> Should I go get a coffee? I might just stand yeah, just, up right just now. Just head out. <laughs> all right, I'll be back in two minutes. You just keep talking. I'm serious. Committing to the bit. Go. Kevin Gosman is now a Blue Jay. First, called it. Now that Jack's not in here, I can actually talk to you guys. Called that shit. But, and as we keep going down the line, I like all these Mets deals. Starling Marte, it felt like a lot of money to me. Or actually, no, sorry. It didn't feel like a lot of money to me. Because I, I thought he was going to get four years, $100 million. You know, as I, as I go through all these guys... Kevin Gosman's a Blue Jay. Robbie Ray's a Mariner. I mean, we're seeing all these deals just get done right before the CBA is up. And I don't know what's going to happen to the CBA. Do you? Does anyone know if these guys are going to get signed? I don't know, man. This is just interesting to me. This is why baseball is so much fun. In what other sport can this stuff kind of happen? How are we doing? My Nespresso is working its magic right now. What are we talking I'm not, about? I'm not even like saying anything important. I'm just like, I'm just taking it all in. This is, I mean, this is one of the craziest 24 hours in the last decade in baseball in terms of offseason signings. I mean, yeah. everyone's going off the board. I'm going back to my phone. Like, hey, I'll be back in 45 seconds. All right drinking my last coffee also another thing the goddamn yankees aren't doing anything but a lot of our free agents are still available i know that's not what you want to hear okay i'll take this time to say this i think the new york yankees should give trevor story a prove it deal give him one year's 25 million we just saw what marcus Semyon just did he signed a prove it deal with the blue jays now he's got seven years 175 before the season you, me, all of us would have said Trevor Story is much better than Marcus Semyon. Now we're saying the opposite. Trevor Story, prove it with the Yankees. Also, I know I'm being a biased Yankee fan. You can do the same thing with the Phillies. They need a shortstop too. I think one year, $25 million, I don't want to sign Carlos Correa or Corey Seager. That's too much money. Carlos Correa has played over 111 games once in the past like four years. Corey Seager is often injured. I like these guys. They're talented. But I'm afraid of giving Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, $200, $300 million. We just saw what happened with Lindor. It was weird not seeing in the Zoom. I'm back. (laughs) alone in here. There's nobody in my room. There's nobody even in my house right now. I just feel so alone with my Twitter and my phone. (laughs) Screaming into the ether. All right. Did you get your stream of consciousness out? I feel good. Okay. Good. All right. Now we get to Ryan Finkelstein uh, to talk Mets. Kind of weird booking for us bringing Ryan Finkelstein on here right now, host of Locked On Mets. It's been a pretty ho-hum past couple of days for the Mets. Ryan, um, we still have to fill 20 to 25 minutes with you. You reading any good books right now? 
Yeah, you know, I'm not reading any good books, but it's been tough. You know, daily shows on the Mets. It's hard to find offseason content. Uh, not a lot of action right now in Mets land. Not at all. No. Yeah. Pete, Dude. what are you thinking? Dude. <laughs> Max Scherzer's making $43 million as a 37-year-old. As a 40-year-old. Hey, hey, hey guys, guys. 40, don't, don't, oh, Mike. It's don't getting nuts in here, people. There's the $15 million to get him from the Nationals, too. So he's making like 58. Oh <laughs> I do have a question because it did seem, though, and I know you've been saying it and all the reports have been saying that Max Scherzer really wanted a four-year contract. Yeah. You know what's crazy? I guess uh, he doesn't care. He's like, whatever. <laughs> you know what's crazy about the, the thing that actually cracked me up more than anything was the opt-out after year two. I'm like, they really want to hit free agency again, like at 39. I'm going to get another three-year deal at 39 and get another 130. But he's such a psycho that he might get even better and then get another three-year deal and pitch until he's 44. He might get I mean, Tom 50 Brady's next time. still like one of the best quarterbacks in football. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Next In two years, we'll be talking about Steve Cohen signing to a two-year $100 million deal. Here's, here's the thing about this. like We're going to get into Starling Marte and Mark Canna and Eduardo Escobar that was a cool day on its own. And then it was this a really shit, cool day on its own. Right. And then this shit goes down and, you know, nobody really plucked the Mets for being the Scherzer guy, especially after Steve Cohen was, was bitching and moaning about not getting Steven Matz for four years, 44, as he goes to St. Louis. So naturally he opens up his, his wallet and, and hands Max Scherzer $130 million over three years. Um, you know, Ken Rosenthal and the rest of the athletic kind of worded this beautifully. Um, they said, this is Steve Cohen finally showing what he can do with his assets. And he's just letting it ride. He is building this empire that he wanted to build in Queens to kind of counter this evil empire in the Bronx. And it's got to be really exciting for you, Ryan. Well, a couple of things. One thing I just realized four years of Steven Matz is worth the same as one year of Max Scherzer. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Um, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) You can get 120 Steven Matt starts equals 30 Scherzer starts. That's great. Um, Yeah, I think last year Steve Cohen was playing a little bit nice. I I mean, obviously they made the Lindor trade. They gave him the extension, but he didn't really flash the FU money that much. I I mean, he didn't give George Springer 175 million to one up the Blue Jays. He He didn't go too crazy. It's like now he's comfortable. Now they can't take the team from him. Now he's officially the owner of the Mets and he's pissed off about how the last year panned out. And so he decided, you know what? Do I want Gosman? Do I want Stroman? Do I want Robbie Ray? And do I want to give up a pick for Robbie Ray? Let me just get the guy that's been awesome for a decade. And, and let me get on the phone with Scott Boris and just say, whatever the number is going to be, I'm going to meet it. And Max Scherzer is going to be a man. And I still can't get over the fact that Max Scherzer is going to be on a team and he won't be the opening day starter. Like, like Jacob DeGrom and Max That's Scherzer. nuts. The same team. It's insane. These guys have been competing for Cy Youngs for the last five years and now they're going to be doing it on the same team. And I know, I know it does feel like all roses of, and it is because the Mets have just signed guy after guy and their team is much better than when we started a couple of weeks ago. But you did lose out on Syndergaard. And you did lose out on Mats. Uh, who knows how much you care about that, but I'm genuinely curious. Do you think those are going to be big blows to the Mets? Or are you just like, I don't even give a shit. Let's just roll. 
More the latter for sure. I mean, the Cindergard one was was I was just shocked that someone gave up uh you know a, a first round pick for for one year of Cindergard. Like that was I just didn't think that was gonna happen. When when they gave him the qualifying offer, I was like, all right, he's a Matt. Honestly, that one, the more you look at it, I mean, you just got Max Scherzer, the risk in Noah Cindergard next year, and you get a draft pick now. Like, like what are we talking about? That that doesn't bother me. Steven Matt. Uh, it would have been nice. Like right now their rotation would be completely filled out, but I mean, they could find somebody else. I don't care. Like I put it this way. If it was Kevin Gosman and Steven Matz, or you can have Max Scherzer and Rich Hill, it's a yes. no brainer. It's a no brainer. So, so anyone who's complaining about any rotation issue for the Mets right now, um, I don't want to hear any of that right now. And you know what? There are going to be cheap arms out there at the end of this. When the lockout is over, when the dust settles and we get ready for spring training, a guy like Matt Boyd, who's set to hit the open market, like he could easily be the fifth starter in Queens. It'd be fine to go get that guy. Even one year, $3 million. It's easy money. I just, speaking of easy money, uh, I love this tweet from Cespedes Family Barbecue. Remember when Steve Cohen spent $141.3 million on this sculpture of Chet Holmgren. Have to think he goes over that for Scherzer. You guys should be watching on YouTube right now because I'm showing you uh, this statue of Chet Holmgren right here. (laughs) This little sculpture here. Uh, It's just a a little stick man that he bought for $141 million. So this guy can do whatever the hell he wants. Um, He can easily bust out a one-year $10 million deal for Carlos Rodon if he so chooses. Yeah. And one thing about that statue, I said something on Twitter yesterday. I think they should start selling replicas in the gift shop. Those things, <laughs> the way that's been like shared since you bought the team, those things would sell like crazy. But yeah, I'm not worried about it at all. I've seen some Mets fans who are like, all right, get Stroman now. Like, can we not be greedy folks? They're, they're paying Max Scherzer so much money. I think it's okay if you have a fist starter that's actually a fist starter. The rotation right now, I actually think Carlos Carrasco is going to be fine. I know people are freaking out about his last season. The guy blew out his hamstring in spring training, came back and was expected to replace Jacob DeGrom after he got hurt without even being stretched out. He got stretched out at the big league level. So I'm not worried about Carrasco. I think he'll be fine. Taiwan Walker is an okay for a starter. You still have a couple of young arms. The Mets rotation is okay right now. Hey, Peter, real quick. Ryan just told New York sports fans not to be greedy. Did you hear that? (laughs) That doesn't, that's not in my vocabulary. I just did. It went in through one ear and out the other, (laughs) but Ryan, I'm also, I know, I know it's kind of a footnote. We even said that before we started recording, but I am very interested in the Starling Marte deal. I mean, just like greedy New Yorker. I'm a New York Yankee fan. I really wanted Starling Marte. And I've heard that, that I thought originally it was a steal. I know he's moving into, you know, that deal takes him into his age 37 season, but he was so good last year and he I think he does so many different things on so many different levels that he's not just this one-dimensional player what did you think about the signing and do you think 78 million is is good you know I mean look in my freezer profile wrote for just baseball I said five for 110 I mean that's what I would have given him I was given four for 100 yeah to, to me it's 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 a great contract and I think Arm also said something about how uh you know, he compared Avicel Garcia at 35 with his body type and Starling Marte. Like, we're talking about an elite athlete. And the yeah. last time, another article for just baseball comparing it to the Curtis Granderson signing, Granderson aged really well in that contract. I think you have to look at it at a case-by-case basis. Starling Marte just stole 47 bases. Like, like, do we really think, even if he tails off, the first three years of this deal, I'm not even worried about it. 
And at the end of the day, you're talking about less than $20 million a year over four years. This was the guy that I looked at coming into the offseason that was the number one priority for the Mets, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I didn't think Max Scherzer was realistic at all. So that wasn't even on my radar. Marte fills a need. They needed an outfielder. They only had Brandon Nimmo out there. Then you add Mark Canna on top of it. I mean, they have three good defensive outfielders who get on base a ton. And I said it on my show, like Pete Alonzo should definitely be leading the National League in RBIs this year. If he hits 45 home runs with all the guys that should be on base in front of him, I mean, this is just going to be a, a completely different team. I mean, we see we see all these super athletes, and Pete Alonso might win MVP just because he goes 45 and may set That's the hilarious. RBI record. Yeah, you, we have no That's idea. That's the most baseball thing ever. You right? got Fernando oh, yeah. Tatis, you got Ronald Acuna Jr., just freaks in nature. But no, Pete Alonso, best player in the National League. <laughs> Hey, shout out just baseballers, uh, Kendall McKee and T. Wright, Big Meat Pete. I know you love that nickname, Peter Apple. Uh, we're with love Ryan Finkelstein right now, host of Locked On Mets, also one of the super talented writers we have at Just Baseball. Um, the Mets just added three guys in one day before the Scherzer thing. When you add three guys, that takes away innings from three other guys. And the conversation that I've seen right now is while you add Marte, Canna, and Eduardo Escobar, that makes Jeff McNeil, Dom Smith, J.D. Davis kind of expendable slash incredibly expendable. How do you approach those three guys? I think they all were already going to be potentially on the block. With Jeff McNeil, it was a bad season. I think he has the most trade value for sure out of the three um, there's also these rumblings that him and Lindor don't get along. Uh, you guys <laughs> might remember the rat and the raccoon uh, ridiculous story from May or whenever that was. Turns out uh, they uh, hated each other like we all thought. Yeah. You, yeah. And Ryan, for, for our listeners who don't, haven't heard that story, you got to tell that story. Okay. So basically there was a play in the field. Apparently there was a couple throughout the game, and this is like the seventh inning uh, where Jeff McNeil kind of cuts in front of Lindor and then backs off. And then Lindor isn't able to make the play at first. When they get to the dugout, all you see is all the Mets running into the tunnel. Like, what is going on here? Basically, what had happened, we learned from later reporting, is Lindor had had uh, McNeil had, like a chokehold against the wall. And as the two were going at it about this, and after the game, Lindor, maybe not quite savvy yet with the New York media, tried to pass it off like they had been looking at a rat or a raccoon and trying to see which one was which. And I, I think uh, Lindor was like, I said it was a raccoon and, and McNeil said it was a rat. And, and, and he just tried to play this off. And then that puts McNeil, the guy who he probably hates in this, this situation where McNeil has to, has to back up this ridiculous story. So it was a, one of the sideshow Mets stories that uh, you get to cover on Locked on Mets. But yeah, I don't know. I've seen videos of like McNeil when there's a home run hit and Lindor is like trying to hit his head and McNeil's just like, like F you to this guy. So there's something there. And I think that there's a chance that because of that, he gets moved. The other two, I mean, Dom and JD, you're in a point with both of them where it's, they don't really have a position on the field to play. Uh, Dom's coming off his worst year uh, as a Met. So I don't know what value they have, but they all don't really fit this team right now. I'm also curious too, because I was just thinking, is it possible that they do keep McNeil and now with Eduardo Escobar, who has pretty good splits, do you think they kind of platoon each in order, kind of like the Giants might with another team, keep McNeil because he's better against right-handed pitching and Waro Escobar is better against left-handed pitching. Is that something possibly that they're looking at? Or do you think maybe, you know, McNeil might just not be on the team anymore? 
Well, before the Marte signing, I, I thought that McNeil still just made so much sense as, as that security blanket wherever you needed him uh, because he could play left field. He could play second base. Now it would probably be second base, but there's still the reports that the Mets are still in on Javi Baez, so I don't know what's going to happen there because Steve Cohen just doesn't care. He's just like, all right, well, we're, we're this close to $300 million. We might as well just, just go all in and get to $300 million, you know. Uh, the one thing I'll say, if the DH comes in, I think Eduardo Escobar would be a great DH. I Jeff McNeil, some people think he can't play third base. I think that's a little bit overblown. He had a, a bad first week in 2020 at, at third, but I think he could be the third baseman. So Jeff McNeil, I still believe in him as a player. Like if you told me right now, gun to my head, who's a better offensive player next season, Jeff McNeil or Javi Baez, I'd probably still lean McNeil. I'll be completely yeah. honest with you. I, I, I really like McNeil as an offensive player. I don't think this year was anything um, that's going to carry over. But because of that, that relationship with Lindor, I, I just think that he might make the most sense to be traded only because he actually could bring you a legitimate piece back or at you know least who else, prospects. You know who else, Ryan, could make a lot of sense as, as a sporadic DH is Pete Alonso. I mean, obviously he's going to play first a lot, but like he could move to DH. Mark Canna can play everywhere in the outfield. He can also play first base. And then Eduardo Escobar can play everywhere on the infield too. So like you've got all these Swiss army knives you can move around. But I feel like Pete really did improve on defense this year. I mean, I, we saw it live. I mean, he made some good plays. He looked much better in the field. I feel like you're almost diminishing his value possibly if you put him at DH considering, I, like I said, I think he just he's a good defensive first baseman now, or at like, least he was last year. He's I, also I a massive human. So you he's also enormous. Get him off <laughs> so we could use some rest. Yeah, I, 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 he'll, he'll get some time at DH for sure. But yeah, at one point I was looking up. I can't remember when this was. I think it was maybe in August. And Pete was like leading the outs above average leaderboard at first base. Now that Nuts. didn't hold up. But from where he was to where he's at, I'm like, how is that possible? So yeah, I, I don't want to move him off first because what is clearly going to help him is just playing there every day. That's what's going to keep him in the rhythm at the position. I don't want to see them moving him in and out of the DH too much. And also they got this guy, Robinson Cano, unfortunately. And oh, yeah, I, forgot. Um, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. I, I think, Cano, but the thing about Cano is I look at him right now as like the most expensive minor league, like, like free agent you could have, or you're <laughs> going to bring him into camp on a, like a 20, 20.75 million dollar minor league deal. And if he sucks in spring training, you're just going to cut him. But I mean, the guy still rakes like his 20. I mean, look, steroids, but his 2020 his stats. Left. Yeah. Look at his 2020 stats. The guy was actually really good in that shortened season. 2019, he was really banged up, but I was looking up the numbers. He had more extra base hits in 2019, maybe the worst year of his career than anybody on the Mets this year, except for, I think, Pete Alonzo. I think that was it. It was just Pete Alonzo. Like he had like 63 wow. extra base hits in 2019 when he was terrible. So as a DH, I think Cano could be fine still. I well, I totally forgot Robinson Cano existed. So that that's a great option. That's why we have Ryan just making us smarter. <laughs> I had no idea about that. That's nuts. Just you, wow. Crazy. I, I don't even know what to say. Wow. Robinson Cano. Still doing it. You know, actually, a funny thing I'm gonna do at some point is look at his numbers right now. And I had to get the exact the exact stats, but the question is, is he gonna still be a career 300 hitter? By the end of this season, I think he's at like 303 or 306. And if you do the math, he only has to hit like 240 this year. If he got like 300 plate appearance, it's an interesting thing to look at. Is he so, going to hit 240? Yeah. I think Are you he will. putting him in the lineup? You're putting, we got Rob. Especially if he has to play third. defense. He just has to hit. I mean, 
can you imagine if after all of these free agency signings, Robinson Cano still gets the job at second base or something? Like that would just be insane. I have I have one more question too, because this is a guy that I really do like. I really like Mark Canna. Did he have a 746 OPS, you know, last year? Yes. 795 in 2020? Yes. But the dude just gets on base. I mean, 358 on base percentage in 2021. That was his lowest in the last three years. I mean, he's been 390, 380. This is a good player who's been playing in a park in Oakland that's enormous. So I'm very curious to see how he does when he moves over to New York. Did you like the signing? Because when I saw it, I thought Steele, but he's also getting up there in age a little bit. And he's not the best defender, but he's a good player. What do you think about the signing? Well, I'll tell you, For if you want to play devil's advocate to everything the Mets just did, they signed three guys coming out their age 32 seasons and Max Scherzer's 37. Like that, that's, that's the one hole you could poke into this. But the one thing I'll say is when Billy Epler was introduced as the Mets GM, he talked about not wanting to touch the farm system and he wanted to build a team through free agency without tying yourself to players too long term. So Marte is the longest contract. I think he'll age well. Canna and Escobar, two-year deals. So those aren't going to really hamstring you. Scherzer, Scherzer. Uh, when it comes to Mark Canna, when the signing was first announced, Mets fans were not happy about it because Mets fans, again, uh, can be greedy and irrational at times. Uh, what are you, I, what are you I love talking it. about? We're all, every New York fan is always steady. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Never Completely rational. Yep, yep. Steady as always. Yeah. No, I, I like the signing. Mark Canna was one of the guys that I, I looked at as a, an actual starting outfielder in this free agent class that didn't have a lot of them, right? Um, if you just looked at him as a replacement for Michael Conforto, it would have been a little bit short of, I think, what you're losing in Conforto. But then when you sign Marte and now you slide him over, it's a home run of a signing. Like th- that signing made, made Canna pop so much more because he's the third outfielder in an outfield that still has Nimmo and Marte. So I, I look at that and look, if he's getting on base at a 360 clip in the seven or eight hole, and playing decent defense out in left field. Like, like, what are we complaining about? I've got one more Mets question, one more baseball question. For Can I ask one really quick? For that, you got it. Be honest. How yeah. afraid are you that Michael Conforto is going to be really good for another team? Oh, I'm not even afraid about it because I know it's going to happen. Just know and, it. <laughs> and, and look, I, I, I've, I, I've told this story on my show before, but in, in 2015, I, I went to a, to a Mets-Marlins game, and I watched Michael Conforto take BP for the first time. And it was his last round. He hit six home runs in the upper tank in right field. I swear he hit the exact same seat six times in a row. And then he hit one dead central out. And then he, you know, that was it for his BP. And I'm like, this dude is going to be unbelievable. He didn't quite pan out exactly the way the Mets thought, but I'm telling you, he is going to sign somewhere. And if they do his free agency, right, they're going to put him in a hitter friendly ballpark. He's going to hit 45 home runs and be one of the top. I'm serious. Put I've said it, put him in the Nick Castellanos plan, put him in Cincinnati on a four-year deal with an opt-out and tell me he's not going to hit like 40 bombs. I'm telling you, it's also when Mets leave, they usually do pretty well. Like I remember when Daniel Murphy signed with the nationals and it was a runner up in MVP the next year. It was pretty crazy. So I think if is going to have a huge year. God, I hope the Reds were not listening because I want him at guaranteed rate field in Chicago so badly. I think that's where he's going to go. I think that's where he's going to go. Good fit. One Mets question, one baseball question. Final Mets question from me. Is this the best time in your life to be a Mets fan? 
It's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, it's almost like mean. <laughs> like, no, yeah. I mean, the, no, no, the no whole it's idea. not, but it's like in the grand scheme of things, but it's been an oh, amazing no. 24 hours. Yeah. Well, what I'll tell you is as a Mets fan, the off season's always the best time to be a Mets fan because the season's where they break your heart. The off season is where you could dream. Um, I, I would say that, that like the, the team for me was still the 2006. That was the, the best. I mean, I was what, 11 years old at the time you had David Wright and Jose Reyes, the two superstars. Delgado. I mean, that team was pretty star packed Pedro. Uh, there were so many good players on that team, but in recent history, the fact that you have Steve Cohen and you can project out what the Mets can be for the next five years, like, yeah, this is the best time to be a Mets fan in presence the 80s, honestly. Damn, that's crazy. One more baseball question for you, Ryan Finkelstein, the baseball fan. I'm handing you a Hall of Fame ballot. You can't be one of the douchebags that hands it back blank. Uh, are you voting for Bonds and Clements? Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, I get the people that don't want to put the steroid guys in. Like, like Sammy Sosa to me is a perfect steroid guy that I wouldn't put in because it's what would Sosa have actually been with that steroids? Not much. Bonds and Clemens were Hall of Famers before they even took steroids. So what are we doing? Like, like those two guys should have been Hall of Famers. I, I get not being first ballot, but at, at a certain point, you have to let them in. If you're going to tell the history of baseball, you can't tell it without Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. I'm almost in the boat where I'm thinking if you're putting in Clemens and bonds, then you should put in Sosa. Like you should put in some of these guys. I don't know. I either think it's nobody or some of them. I think it's nobody or kind of all of them that fit the narrative, because I just don't think that in the grand scheme of baseball, like you said, baseball is telling the story that race between Sosa and McGuire. Yeah, reinvigorated no, awesome. baseball. Yeah. So I don't know. I keep going in between on that too. Jack, well, the, the other would thing you do is, it? Like Hold on. Ryan, you go. I was just going to say, I mean, we have to understand that baseball is kind of a game of cheaters. Like it's, this is what we've always seen. So it's like, are you really going to penalize the steroid guys and not talk about the guys that were just, you know, pounding greenies in the eighties and they're on these amphetamines like crazy. They're seeing the, the balls coming in like beach balls. They're, they're like it it's it's a different type of performance enhancer but it's still a performance enhancer so if it's that was the era of baseball and in the era of of steroids you're right like someone like sosa shined a lot more than whoever was taking steroids and couldn't hit 40 home runs in a season still again i'm going to stay with this the hall of fame is a museum a museum captures eras within baseball the steroid era is an era within baseball and bonds and clemens are two of the greatest hitters and pitchers of all time so they should be in the museum that encapsulates baseball's history. Ryan Finkelstein says kick-ass words for Locked On Mets, writes kick-ass words for just baseball. You can follow him at Finkelstein Ryan, F-I-N-K-E-L-S-T-E-I-N, Ryan. This was awesome. I had fun, Thank guys. You, brother. I love having Ryan on to talk He's Mets. He's so cool. I, he's so fun. He's awesome. He looks at baseball in the same lens that we do, um, mm -hmm. but he provides like the almost like this different branch off, which is what makes just baseball what we think unique. Like we have invested so much time and energy into just baseball because we think we have uh, some incredible people with very good and just cohesive insights. Like it's 
it's it's all so well rounded. Just have baseball minds across the board. Yeah, like just different ways people think about stuff. Like some people are much more analytically driven. Some people are much more eye test driven. And then we all can talk about it. And I feel like that's that's a good scouting department. Yeah, like that's that's a good just group of baseball minds. That's how baseball should be. You got to combine every single factor. Does batting average matter? Yes. Some of it might, just some of it might not, but let's talk about it. It's interesting and I love it. God, I love it too. Um, I love the points that he brought up. You know, I was so curious how the McNeil, Dom Smith, JD Davis thing would pan out. And I, I think he nailed it. Like, I think those guys are just not necessary on the Mets anymore because they just spent a lot of money. Good also, for them. And if we're also talking third base, they got Beatty and Vientos. Yeah. Yeah. And J.D. Davis, it just he should go to the Colorado Rockies and hit 35 home runs and really hit 300. Like right. he probably could do that, which is the crazy part about it. Or he goes to the American League and becomes a DH. The guy- I, just, I also, dude, teams that aren't done, the Mariners are not done. I don't think that was just it. I yeah. don't think the Rangers are done. We're hearing more and more about Corey Seager teaming up with Marcus Semien. Also, a little bit of a fallout from the Blue Jays. They just lost Robbie Ray. They just lost Marcus Semyon. This team's really good, and they got Kevin Gosman. But are we just like, oh, no, Blue Jays are still awesome, even though they just lost uh, the, the not runner-up, but he finished third in MVP voting, and then the Cy Young were still good? So here's the thing. Um, I, I know that Robbie Ray just won the Cy Young. And I know that both these guys are just some of the most volatile pitchers in Major League Baseball, Gosman and Ray. But if I had to hand, you know, $110, $115 million over five years to one of them, I'm going Gosman. I wouldn't have given money to any of them. Yeah. Like, but if I had to pick. Not one, that they're not bad. It's just like, that's a big deal. The thing is, like, I'm just scared to spend money for no reason. You know, the the Jays at the beginning of this year, we genuinely thought that they had a chance to win the American League East. And that pitching rotation did not have Jose Barrios in it. It didn't have Kevin Gossman in it. It had Robbie Ray. It had Hyunjin Ryu. It didn't even have Alec Manoa in it. That's we said say. the offense is going to carry him. Offense did because Marcus Semien hit 45 bombs and Vladdy Jr. was Babe Ruth. But like now that pitching staff, they saw the weakness. And Ross Adkins attacked the weakness. He got Barrios. He signed him long-term. He just got Kevin Gosman. Those are two frontline guys. You've got Hyunjin Ryu, who has obviously regressed. But then you've got Manoa, who looks like one of the best young starters in the game. And then, I, I mean, listen, yes, you lose Marcus Simeon. Yes, you lose 45 bombs. But they've got some minor leaguers that are good to go. And I don't think Kevin Biggio is going to like disappear like he did this year. And then Jordan Groshans is going to come up too. Like they're fine. And they're expecting a full year at George Springer too. I think that's, the Jays, that's it. They didn't right? even have George Springer for a while. That's a good point. Yeah. Jays I mean, they're still got really better. Good. But it's also, I'm also just thinking Blue Jays would be great in most divisions in baseball, but it's the AL East. I mean, I'm even thinking about the Yankees. The Yankees, I mean, what are the Yankees doing? Hey, if they don't sign anybody, they're phased out. You want to know what I'm terrified of? Corey Kluber is going to be so good for the Rays. Yeah. He's going to be so good. Are you worried about Waka being good for the Red Sox too? 
Oh yeah, he'll be great too. I mean, uh, not I, I. I do like the deal. I think seven million for Waka is actually totally fine. I'm not. I'm not nearly as worried about Waka as a, as I am about Kluber because Kluber, the only thing holding him back is injuries. And you put him with that raised pitching with that raised staff, and they get to tool with him. And then Corey Kluber's going to get to teach Shane Boz a couple things. They're just going to be so good again, and that's only going to make Boz better too because they need they need a staple veteran in that rotation and they get that in droves with Corey Kluber I mean we've even we've even talked about how well the Guardians develop their pitching he's going to bring some of that over as well so now you got like an Indians raise evil meeting of the minds and I hate it I want to end uh I love it for the race though I want to end by piece of shit (laughs) I want to end by fueling your Yankee anxiety just a little bit um, by talking about the Corey Seager sweepstakes, because as we record, he's like the last main guy that we think that could sign today uh, yeah. that hasn't signed yet. Um, if I had, I'm checking Twitter right now because he might have by during that <laughs> sentence. Oh, but, Yankees have signed shortstop Jose Peraza to a minor league deal. That doesn't oh, good. fucking matter. Good. Um, so <laughs> if I were to power rank um, probable destinations for Corey Seager right now. I think I'm going Dodgers one because they lost out on Scherzer. So they might just pay big money to get Seager back. They just have Trey Turner. And I honestly think Jack, the more I hear about these teams, I don't think the Dodgers want to give them two fifty million either, but they're the smart. Yankees? They see it. The Dodgers or the, Yankees, I don't think they want to. So like, okay. So here's the thing. If, if Seager goes literally anywhere else, but the New York Yankees, if Corey Seager is not a New York Yankee, I like it's going to be a Ranger. I, I think that's where he goes too. Yeah. How do the Yankees win this offseason? Can they, they already lost? I mean, well, no, no, that's untrue. You could side Freddie Freeman. You could trade for Matt Olson. Shit. You could trade for a starting pitcher. Use this farm system that you have now. Capitalize. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to go on record. Let's trade Dominguez right now. Let's get a controllable young starting pitcher. Let's trade him. The only untradeable, Anthony Volpe. He's got face of the franchise type shit. He stays. Again. Let's win. Again, push the narrative. I wouldn't trade Dominguez for Trout straight up. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, I was even, and I'm not, and I'm not one of these guys who, I mean, I kind of was so, so pro Dominguez. And then now I'm switching my tune. Once I heard Mickey Mantle stuff, I'm like, no, (laughs) my God, I think we have to capitalize on that now, Jack. And I mean, that's how you win the off season. You trade for Matt Olson and you trade, get Frankie Montas with him. That's how you win the offseason. Throw in Dominguez. You don't win the offseason, but you're at least remaining competitive. You're remaining the New York Yankees. And then you sign Trevor Story to a prove it deal. There you go. That's how you win. Trevor Story to a prove it deal. You trade for Matt Olson and you trade for a young, control, controllable starting pitcher and maybe add a bullpen piece or two. Call it an offseason. Let's fire it up. That team. They may not win, but <laughs> at least they're competitive. Man, I'm thinking, you know, when I 
when I picture Brian Cashman on the phone looking to dump Dominguez for something very, very legit, like Dominguez and like maybe another top 15 guy for Matt Olson, um, <laughs> the way I see Cashman pitching it is like Wolf of Wall Street when Jordan Belfort, when like DiCaprio is pitching Aerotime Global, like that that radar thing that's just a bullshit thing run out of a garage in Iowa, like the penny stock. Yeah, you that's how Jason I view Big him as a penny stock right now. <laughs> I, that's how I view him doing it. It's just like this up and coming radar company. And like, it's Jason Dominguez. God. I mean, cause I think, I think you could trade. I mean, think about it. Oswald Peraza is another good prospect too. Like we, you can make the deals. We have the prospects. We have the money. Like, why do the Texas Rangers have more money than the New York Yankees? Why do the Seattle Mariners have more money than the New York Yankees? You're the New York Yankees. Be the New York Yankees. I totally forgot. I was going to wrap the pod, but I totally forgot. I haven't mentioned it on the podcast yet because this feels like it happened three years ago, but it just happened last week after we recorded our final podcast of the week. Uh, Kendall Graveman of the White Sox. Kendall it's a lot of money for Kendall Graveman again. I know he's a really good reliever, but what are they doing, Jack? I mean, what are they doing? Why do they keep giving so much money to relievers? Uh, because they're, they're shorter term deals. Like Liam Hendricks signed, I think four years um, and Graveman's only signing three years. So like, if it doesn't work out, I think three years is the max for a reliever. I would never give them more than that. They just gave Graveman three years. I think Graveman is, I he's not going to be Graveman of 2021, but he's still like a top flight setup guy, especially, and you need that now because you want to move Kopech to the rotation. You love, you really like your rotation? Mm-hmm. No, you don't. I do. No, you don't. I, I, I love my rotation. Are you kidding me? If, if Rodon leaves, I mean, we've seen the ups and downs. I still believe in Giolito. Lance Lynn is getting a year older. I mean, I believe you got to get after starting pitching. I think I want, I listen, Lynn Giolito, Cease, Kopech. That's really, uh, what are we already calling Kopech a really good starter? There was a reason that he's been in the bullpen. I'm kind of already calling him a really good starter. (laughs) That's you can't, but I mean, like, let's say Lynn takes a step back. Giolito doesn't make leaps and bounds. Cease was great. Okay. So like who's, who's your game one. Game one in the playoffs. Unless you have one of these dogs, maybe maybe there's not a dog available, but I'm just saying, stop get, stop giving relievers money when you can just put it all into a starter. Here's the thing, Peter. Starters are becoming less and less valuable. Relievers are becoming more and more valuable. We saw what just happened I in the postseason. Ooh, we saw what just happened in the postseason. I, who won? Who won the World Series? Atlanta. The team with Morton Freed, Ian Anderson. Morton didn't pitch to win matters. a World Series, Peter. I know, but starting pitching still matters. But they Mater, made it Smith, Luke Jackson. They. I think, I think teams are built on starting pitching. I will always think that. Man. Definitely. Man. I know, I know with analytics that's becoming four innings, five innings here. But when you're the team that can go seven deep, you automatically have an edge over the other team. I will never not believe that. Congratulations, baseball world. You're witnessing this couple's first fight. <laughs> Love you, though. Love you. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. Let's... Also, Black Friday, 
Black Friday shopping. Yeah. yeah. Use code Turkey Day, 25% off merch, not gambling advice, t-shirts, hoodies, other shirts. <laughs> it's all fantastic. And all of it you can find in the description in our bio. I'm at Peter Apple23 on Twitter. And I'm actually getting way better at tweeting now. Wasn't yeah. that good a couple months ago? Getting way better. Not Wait. all the way there yet, but we'll get there. Listen, you passed me up in the follower count. You're about to pass Aram up in the follower count too. I mean, you're you're a star. Not not yet. But I think I think it has to do with um there's giving out the NFL picks. People are looking for those. And I got Seahawks money line tonight, which probably won't hit. Had a horrific Sunday. Oh and three. Never betting on the Jaguars ever again. Cam Newton completed five passes. Game went over by a half a point. And the Rams look like shit. Listen, though, we're we both on the race. We're both on the race to getting the blue check. We're both trying to get verified there. Because once I get a blue check, I mean, to the say anything, right? Apple stock. <laughs> Thank huh. you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>